Welcome to Two Guys with Glasses. I'm Phil Taylor. And I'm Clayton Gibb. And this is a podcast all about the good life. Welcome back. <laughs> two guys with glasses. Oh, uh, yeah. Just and we both fellas. have glasses on today. We, we are actually two guys with glasses on this day. <laughs> I feel like, although, two, two, time, two episodes ago, maybe? Was maybe, it? when I couldn't wear contacts for yeah. 30 days or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You guys haven't heard that story three times yet. Um. <laughs> In case you're wondering, my eyes are all better. <laughs> are they going to joke about wearing glasses at the beginning of every episode now? <laughs> yeah, it's our thing. Yeah. It's what makes us endearing. Yeah. It's just we, you know what you're going to get. Which, uh, do you no, have something? No, I was, was going to make a joke. I was going to go ahead. No, go go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, dear turn, our 9% Canadian audience. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Canadians. Uh, my family, my home country, uh, we love you. Um, I do. I don't know about Phil. Phil, uh, Phil might think you're all right. I'm, you're all right. You're, Canada's fine. I've never been for, there. For, I can't For talk those about of my it. listeners, our listeners who don't know... Um, I was born in Canada, uh, and no, that isn't a lie, um, as sometimes when I tell people I'm born in Canada, like, I'll, it, it'll go like this, mm-hmm. like, we'll just be talking, and I'll be like, people talking about where they're from, I'm like, well, they'll, they'll ask me, typically, it's like, hey, Clayton, where are you from? And I'll say, well, I was born in Canada, but I've lived in Kentucky for most of my life, and they're like, psh, psh, you born in Canada? No, you weren't, like, and they'll, they'll say that to mm-hmm. me, I'm like... Why would I lie about that? Yeah. Like if I was gonna be, if I was gonna lie about where I was born, I think I would go somewhere a little bit more exotic than Canada. You know, it's like yeah. the yeah. much milder version of America. <laughs> I was born there. <laughs> I was basically born in, in North. Yeah. yeah, it's just like really America, part just, of America, just a little bit less tumultuous. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh... So yeah, I'm Canadian. So that's what we, me and Phil, were looking at our uh, our analytics page. Um, and it shows us where people are listening, and 9% Canadians. You guys are holding it down there, <laughs> or up there, I guess. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, so Clayton, what yeah. have you been doing this past week? What have I been doing this past week? Uh, I don't know, Phil. I've been taking classes, procrastinating, um, you know, normal stuff, going to crew. I got up, okay, so here's the thing I did this morning. So we had uh, the front half of the semester in crew. Um, we did this 40 days of prayer where, like, it was every single day for 40 days. Yeah, I remember seeing the Instagram posts and yeah. something like that. And <clears> so <throat> that was pretty intense when we did that because it was just, you know, it was really cool. And so I, and that was supposed to, like, lead up to spring break. And then so after spring break, we were talking about a lenders meeting. Um, like, we kind of want to do something more like that. And I was like, okay, uh, I'm down to do something maybe once or twice a week. And then our great idea was to do it at um, Wednesdays at 7 a.m. <laughs> that was our brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, so I got to get up 6.30, roll out of bed and walk to campus uh, and have some prayer. It was good, obviously, because yeah. waking up, doing things right at the beginning of the day. But there's some sleepy people there. I, f- I turned my phone on, do not disturb. And yet we're getting disturbed. Hmm. Oh, well. Oh, well. Could be worse. Love you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, have you seen an impact from your 40 days of prayer? Has that... Maybe not... I don't know what you guys are praying for, mm. but how about personally? Have you seen that shape 
people who participated in it. Yeah, so there, um, I will say that um, 90% of the demographic that attended mm -hmm. our prayer were freshmen. Okay. Um, very, like, the, the freshmen who are, like, participating in crew right now, um, they're just really sold out. A lot of them listen to this, so shout out to my freshmen out there. <laughs> um, and it's just really cool to see them, like, I think for a lot of them, when we did the 40 Days of Prayer, like, the first time um, they really kind of invested in taking, a, like, a large chunk of time and just, like, praying over, you know, whatever passage we were doing and mm -hmm. kind of, like, praying the word back to him and... So it was, it was cool just to see people like kind of commit. I'm really I'm really big on like community and just doing things to be involved. Um, and I, I see, I, I just hate it when I see people who are close to me just like not do it because it's like I, th I think a tendency when you're going through a rough patch is like, all right, I need to pull back. I need to drop out, do less things. Which which to a certain degree, yes. But like yeah. when you're talking about your Christian fellowship. If, if that's something that's important to you, then you need to you need to lead into that, you know, because yeah. those are the people who are going to love and support you. Yeah. It's so, and I think that that forty days of prayer kind of created that. So like yeah. the people who were going through that together, it, it just because I mean, you know, every single day it was like, what can we pray for you about? Mm -hmm. And then you would pray about personal things, and you pray about broad things like campus, and then you pray like for stuff overseas, and like, you know, needs in the country, needs in the state. Um, so. Um, I think it was really cool to see people just kind of like step up and start like owning their own personal yeah. prayer life and stuff. Yeah, and I think that I think that's really important um, when it just comes to developing those those key disciplines. Like one of the things I talk about with people is if they're struggling to read scripture, just do it. Like yeah. sometimes I think you know we feel like oh if I'm gonna have this time of prayer or I'm gonna read my Bible it has to be this moment mm -hmm. like I have to be like wow I just got this crazy insight into something or yeah. you know I just prayed for like uh, like an hour and it felt like you know I was like sitting next to Jesus and sometimes yeah. it doesn't like sometimes I pray and I'm like I kind of felt like I was talking to the ceiling right there yeah. but but it's just that consistency of doing it and developing that and showing up every day yeah I think it's when you really start to see the fruit of it because. You know, I know I'm going to be in Scripture whether I feel like it or I don't feel like it because it's just become a part of my life, and that's mm -hmm. really shaped me because what I found happen is I might, I might read uh, on Monday, and I didn't feel like I got anything. I felt like I was just looking at words on a page. Yeah. And then on Friday, bam, what I was reading just like, sort of like wait. hits me later. I'm yeah. like, oh, whoa, yeah. that thing that just happened, or that thing someone just said connected yeah. it all together. And I think, I think that's the same thing. I think that's true for any area of, of just being diligent to show up yeah. and do it yeah. really shapes our lives. It's, I think that's, that's probably like the, the, <laughs> the biggest um, of, the, of the spiritual disciplines is just to show up. Yeah. And we don't really talk about that. We don't say like discipline number one is show up, but <laughs> discipline number one is just to show yeah, up. Yeah. Thank you. you know, yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, I think, yeah. And that ties back into our earlier episode, <laughs> Discipline. Mm -hmm. I think discipline starts, you just, sometimes you can't, can't wait for yourself to get motivated. You just got to start doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's what's been going on, EKU, with my peeps. Shout out to the six other people who were, were brave enough to wake up early and come pray with me this morning. Yeah. So um, Hannah and I started this, like, like fitness and nutrition regiment mm -hmm. on Monday. And I was, I used to be in pretty good shape. 
and then I just sort of rested on those laurels for about three years. Yeah. I, I still exercise, but I never really like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm in good shape. I don't have to do yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. And so in this program, we were doing exercises and moving muscles I hadn't moved in a while, uh-huh. particularly in my legs. Ooh. Never skip leg day, Phil. Yeah, I know. Never skip leg day. So for the past two days, we our, our home is a split foyer. So anywhere you want to go, you either have to go upstairs or downstairs, basically. I, I It's been so painful. Yeah. It's been so painful. Yeah, Just... that first day. First day when you're like, <laughs> break down those muscles yeah. and then you start moving again. It's the those worst. Are, those are the... the Days that suck. Yeah, our, our this morning, our bedroom is downstairs, and I was just like, "Do I even need to go upstairs? Do I need to go outside at all?" Like, <laughs> can I, I think I can here? stay in here. I think I just, I'll just open the window and fall through it. Call in, they're like, oh, yeah. why, "Why aren't you coming in today? Why aren't you coming to the uh, church?" My legs are too sore. You know, I worked out yesterday. You know how it goes. <laughs> it was leg day. It was leg day. But, I can't get up. Yeah, I. I, I I just kind of been reflecting on that, of yeah. this idea of, of resting on my laurels. Like, you, okay, so when I was in college, I'd run, you know, I was not a big runner, but I'd run like three miles a day or something. Oh, yeah. Got you me. know, four or five days a week. Yeah. And that kept me in good shape. And then when I got out of college, I was like, okay, I still need to, you know, hit the gym or whatever. And I stayed in good shape. But I, there was a point where I just sort of stopped pushing myself. Mm-hmm. I was still exercising, but I wasn't really exercising i was just kind of going through the motions mm. and <clears throat> and so here's what i'm gonna pivot pivot <laughs> i don't think you can ever say that word uh, without you, you, you can't <laughs> um but no I, I realized that i'd stopped really pushing myself i'd stopped mm-hmm. doing that and i think that ties in really well to our topic of beauty because i think there's a moment when you can be captivated and you're kind of like man there's so much beauty in the world. There's a lot of ugly in the world, mm. but there's so much beauty in the world. But then you kind of stop, right? Like yeah. if you think back to when we were kids or, you know, when you were a kid, you have that sort of like everything is amazing and everything is cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and then at some point you become an adult and you're like, everything is not meh. amazing. And it's, yeah, it's just kind of like, man, it's just like, oh, yeah. this is the thing I got to go do. Oh, this is the thing I have to do. And I, I think it's the same way, like, we had this experience, it was yeah. really cool, and then we just stopped looking for it Yeah. because we experienced it. And maybe you got older and you were like, man, what's happened to me? Everything is meh. I need to like recapture the beauty again. Recapturing the wonder. Yeah, but, but then we sort of just stopped. And I think that is, I mean, last week our definition of beauty is as a framework mm. for the rest of the world. Like yeah. that frame that holds the picture of something deeper. Mm-hmm. I think when we stop looking for it or we stop intentionally looking for it. Yeah. Most good things take effort. Yeah, at some point. exactly. It takes effort to find beauty, especially when, especially in everyday stuff, right? Yeah. Especially when it's not like a big, grand, yeah, if monumental you're, if you're moment. If you're seeing the northern lights, it's pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, but. yeah. You're like, this is so beautiful. But if you're looking, I mean, like the, the walls in my office are three yeah. different shades of blue. And, and that was... Kind of a depressing color choice, but... <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool when it was first painted blue, right? Yeah. But then after I've been... You know, I think it was like a year ago they, re- they remodeled it or whatever. But now it's really easy for me to just not notice that it's blue. Yeah. Blue's my favorite color. I asked for blue, and they said, what color do you want? Okay. Right? About to burst into the song. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's okay. You know, it's whatever. It's whatever. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, man. There's a... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think beauty is the same way. We just stop paying attention and we, we sort yeah. of miss out on that. Yeah. And, I, and that's kind of how I want to transition into today's conversation of artistry, artistry and experiencing mm. beauty. 
Yeah. So how have actively. you actively experienced beauty? And let's just talk about, let's talk about creating beauty. Because I think yeah. on a certain level, both of you and I are, are creative. Mm -hmm. And so we have experience creating it. Yeah. So let's talk about that. How have you experienced mm -hmm. beauty by creating beauty? Yeah. So I think there's, there's a lot of ways to, a lot of mediums to um, communicate artistry and beauty. Um, I think a really common one, which we both have experience in, is music. Um, so for those of you who don't know me that well, um, I was part of the band in high school. Very cool. Um, <laughs> um, even cooler yet, I was in the drumline, which is pretty cool. I mean, dude, when I was in middle school and I was looking at the drumline, I was like, they are so cool. I can't wait to hit a drum and, you know, be mm -hmm. cool. Because um, drum, I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. They're, they're pretty cool. <laughs> so I think... I, I, I would say that's like my first like formal like me actively creating something that would be considered art. Um, middle school band is a stretch because it's a middle school band. <laughs> but um, I think once we I started getting to high school and I started getting into the marching band and the wind ensemble, the the top you know we were starting to get to a, a level where it was like really we weren't just trying to learn how to play an instrument. We were trying to make something that people would want to listen to. Um, and so when I reflect on my time in marching band, because I think Wood Ensemble was cool, but like marching band was like, a, you know, it was a whole nother beast. Like, it was, well, it was competitive, which is one thing, which is really cool. But like we were also creating a product that people love to listen to. Um, you know, we'd, we'd create with, you know, anywhere from the 100 people we started with to the 250 we had in my senior year. Um, all working together to create this visual and uh, visual marching show accompanied by music that was both like, you know, there were soft moments, there were quiet moments, there were ballad moments, moments that were going to make you feel like, you know, just, just like, you know, drawn out horn solos and there were like big moments where you'd get the drums and you'd get the brass and it was like just, it was just made, it was awesome. Um, so I think about being a part of that was like you were you were actively participating in creating something that was an experience for everyone involved those who were marching in it those who were teaching it and those who were just viewing it um casually like i think so when you do something like that um and i think comparable to your experience which is in another <laughs> a different type of band um <laughs> yeah. like an actual band but um i mean i i just i think back like Th those memories come with, like, you know, I really think fondly of the people I was friends with then. You know, I just had such great friendships, such, such great memories. And it was all based around this, like, common desire to create um, a really, really good product that people would just want to listen to and to communicate. And, like, the vision wasn't necessarily our vision to start out with, but, like, we adopted it, right? Because it starts with the person who writes the music. Um, and then it's given to us, and then we had to perform that to their to their vision. So it was like we almost had to like adopt someone else's vision, which was interesting um, if you think about it. And then that that, that kind of like bleeds into some another way we might talk a little later is like I really like watching other people do it better. Drum corps, you know, that's that's a crazy. I mean, if you've never like been in the band world or you know seen anything like that, like just. Go to YouTube and just search drum cores like Blue Coats, Blue Devils, man. Like they they kill it. It's just so entertaining to watch them do stuff. Um, 
but then I would say, so that, that would be like my experience with like creating something musically. And then more recently, um, obviously I haven't been in band in college. I haven't been making music of my own. Um, I've been in a, the worship band here at Journey. Mm-hmm. I play Cajon. Um, so that's a different way, um, you know, up on stage in front of the hundred people at church, um, you know, that's a, it's, it's a little bit different because we're smaller, a little bit more intimate, um, you know, it's, it's not as, not as a grand production, but it's, I think it's just as meaningful. We're, we're communicating something. I mean, cause worship music is almost a different thing in itself. Cause it's like, yeah. we're, we're, we're not even like, we're not playing this music just to communicate some emotion. It's we're, we're playing this music to like glorify and worship the God above, you know? So like, that's a pretty, that's a pretty hefty demand when you think about it. It's <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, this, this God that cre- <laughs> created us and we're, we're <laughs> supposed to do something to worship him. Yeah. I, sometimes I don't think we, I don't think I think about that too often, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I just get up there, man, listen, uh, 7am Sunday mornings are rough for me. I'm not really thinking about, <laughs> not thinking about it too carefully. <laughs> um, so there's still that I still make, make and create an experience mm-hmm. that way, um, through art. Um, and then photography, I'd say would be the last item that has been really major in my life um, to where like, and I've not even like done like crazy things with pho- photography, but like I sort of just had a desire to take good pictures. And then I started taking my camera with me everywhere just taking pictures of people in a moment. Um, and I, I just really enjoy doing that. I think just like capturing that, that whatever moment it is and just being like, man, that was, there was this person, there were these people, we were doing this thing. What we were doing was just a memory. It's so beautiful in that way. Um, and I think I've, I kind of want to like get into, and I'm going to get into like this more artistic kind of photography where it's like intentional. Um, you're planning things out, you have a vision, um, and you want to implement it to communicate a certain idea. Um, so like that, I think that's the, the difference between like, spontaneity and artistry because mm-hmm. I think um, life happens and there's beauty within it but then there's also um, artistry to the, to display and reveal what is beneath um, the surface what we're talking about that framework so like when mm-hmm. someone composes a piece of music they're um, hopefully doing it to communicate something that they feel uh, something they've experienced and observed about the world around them um, or someone who plans to take pictures and they do shoots they want to communicate something and that, that they want to communicate something about life and that beauty that's beneath it um, so yeah I'd say that's my my experience with uh, creativity artistry and beauty what about you Phil? yeah I think so just kind of picking up on the, on the music theme um, when uh, I guess it was this Summer before my senior year of high school, my brother and in your homeschool. Yeah, homeschool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my brother and one of our friends, uh, we we all just really liked playing music, mm-hmm. and we liked playing music together. And and so it's kind of like this this experience of well, this is really fun to play music and to make music. Yeah, like it was. <clears throat> so for us, there was it was really fun to play other people's music. Mm-hmm. But then we got to that level where we could make our own music, so yeah. something that hadn't existed before. And I, you know, in music, everybody kind of borrows from everybody, but yeah. you're kind of creating something that hadn't existed before. And we, yeah. this is really fun. 
we want to keep doing this. And then the more we did it, the more other people were invited into it, mm. i.e. like crowds and audience. And audience. Yeah. 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 And and they were also having fun. And I think for us, that was that was the beauty of the, the experience, right? So making music is was artistic and took craftsmanship and artistry and all that stuff. And then you would put the work in and you kind of have this experience for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or however long your set was of a room full of people experiencing something you've made and experiencing your joy in that and them experiencing joy because of that. Mm-hmm. And so this sort of like cycle of joy mm-hmm. was it was like yeah. the music gave you joy and the music gave you, like the making the music gave you joy, yeah. performing the music gave you joy. Seeing the people enjoy your music gave you joy, and you just sort of wanted to keep doing joy it. all around. Yeah, it's just like cycles of joy. It yeah. was, and so for us, I think that was really the the beauty of that moment, and that was the window into something deeper because you know we were three people, yeah, on a stage playing notes like there, but it mm-hmm. took us someplace deeper. We connected with other humans on a mm-hmm. deeper level because you know those songs were a part of us. Yeah. And they were connecting with that, and so as a part of us was mingling with a part of them, and it was, and they were in a room full of people who were also they were connecting with in that way. It was uh, to me that was, you know, reflecting back on our conversation from last week. That was a really good. Uh, that to me was that picture into something deeper, mm-hmm. like that the music was just a, a medium to to go deeper with people, yeah, to go deeper into experience, to know people on a deeper level, and. Um, more recently, I think my creative expression comes in what you might not initially think of as creative, but that's in delivering sermons. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so if you, if you haven't delivered sermons and you just listen to him, you're like, well, it's a guy that talks and you know gives information yeah. or encourages you or whatever. But I think on on a real level for me, like sermon is an art form. Yeah, and it's a it's a it's a discipline. It's a craft, and it, it requires this ability um, to take uh, s- the sacred text, take scripture, take the Bible, take a section from that, mm-hmm. and understand what was going on in that time, and why this was being written, and why they were saying this, and then transpose that into our time, and how, what does that mean for us 2,000, 3,000 years later? Yeah. How do we make, you know, what does this mean for us? What, how is this important? How is this, this text still living, still breathing, still moving, still working, still shaping? And doing it in a way that is clear and concise and unique and creative and allowing, um, really, it, it's, it's kind of the art of, I don't, I don't really know how to articulate this better than to say it's the art of doing work and then letting the Holy Spirit do a different work, mm. sort of expand yeah. on what you're doing. So like we can think of like this, like in music, the goal is to create this, in, you know, our goal is to create this environment where people just experience joy. We yeah. want to bring people into this moment where they can have fun and let go and enjoy yeah. And in the sermon, the goal is a little bit different. The sermon is to create this space in which mm-hmm. people can interact yeah. with God through words that were in my brain and then I'm saying them out loud. Yeah. And, and so there's this sort of like deeper 
Uh-huh. It's that the beauty in that is when I, ha- I words come out of my mouth mm-hmm. and someone says to me, wow, that really spoke to me. Or you said this thing and that really hit home on something I was dealing with. Like that's yeah. the beauty of knowing I spent X number of hours crafting this thing. Yeah. And then someone else, mm-hmm. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, moved it in, in a different way, sent yeah. it into someone's heart, spoke to someone through that. So that's how, I think that's my creative outlet right now is my is the creative expression. It's really just, a, it's approaching it like that. Like this is, this is, um, well, it, it's art. It isn't a lecture. It isn't me talking. It's, it's art in the same way you might think of, I don't want to say in the same way, but in the same vein as you might think of like uh, an orator or a stand-up comic, except it's, I call it sacred art. Mm -hmm. It's art with the intention of connecting people to the divine, connecting people to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's definitely... An interesting way to put it. I mean, that's that's some pretty, pretty hefty things to to experience. Yeah, and so, and I I think, you know, like we're we're kind of talking about it in this sort of, like you know, like well, let's just be honest. Like all creative people, when they talk about their particular mm-hmm. form of creativity, it's this like big, majestic, philosophical thing. Yeah. And and we can do that because for us, it is that experience. Yeah. But I also think that. And, and I think this is kind of where we want to go with this conversation a little bit is you don't have to be a quote-unquote creative mm-hmm. to experience the creation of beauty in your life. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think um, I think there's a lie I've, I've bought into in the past and a lot of people buy into is like uh, whenever you just see someone doing something crazy creative, you're like, dang, I wish, I wish I could sing like that. I wish I could draw like that. I wish I could x you know whatever like that i mean i just wish i could oh well i can't um um and i i guess to a certain point you can't just get good at everything but also um if you think about it like i i remember i would always do this with when i was a little like a little bit younger um when, when people would like draw i was like dang they're so yeah. cool they can draw like that and like i would sit down and try to draw something <laughs> and i was like this looks like crap i'm terrible they must have some some like crazy you know natural yeah. giftedness which maybe maybe there's some level yeah. of natural giftedness i don't know yeah but there's also this idea of like um creativity um and again there, there there's I, I have no doubt that there's certain people who are just gifted by god to be naturally insanely creative i have no doubt about that but that being said I think creativity, like anything else, is something that it needs to be worked at. Like, if you, if you think you're not a creative person and you want to be a creative person, just start doing things. Like, I think that that's just what it needs to be like. Um, and that, that's that's a huge barrier to get over for me. Um, is just to be like, you have to make things that suck. I think and, and, <laughs> you make a lot of things that suck. <laughs> you know, like like when you when you pick up a, a guitar, you're not you know like I mean just any anything, and yeah. like one thing for me. That I, I definitely see because some people when they open their mouth to sing it just sounds good. They they had no vocal training and it sounds at least okay. Yeah, that's just not the case for me, Phil. <laughs> I mean, you know that. I can attest. I uh, can attest. My mom, she's listening. <laughs> she knows that. Um, but I think I and I still haven't re- received formal training. But 
the more and more like I just I sing and I just don't care that anyone's listening. Um, like I'm I'm starting to get almost tolerable. <laughs> and, like, and again, like I, I've not received training, um, but like I. <laughs> This is kind of embarrassing, but like I'll sing something and like someone will lean over to me and be like, "Hey, that was on key, good job." <laughs> uh, so, I mean, my bar is pretty low for that one, but um, and not to say like I'm trying to become a yeah. a vo- like an insanely good vocalist. Like that's yeah. that's that's not a way I'm ever going to um, try to perform and communicate beauty. That's mm-hmm. just that's something for me, honestly. I love singing, like I really do. Um, I love music. I love experiencing, um, you know, I, I love experiencing worship and God through that. I love experiencing just like other people's creation um, by singing along with them. I mean, that, that's just kind of yeah. how I do yeah. it. <clears throat> and so I, I think I kind of want to take this like one one notch deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let, let's go back to you. You aren't the... Uh, the, the the vocalist, mm, yeah. but you are experiencing the beauty of corporate worship mm. because someone created that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And so I think there are lots of ways that we can create opportunity for beauty. Yeah. Um, one thing that just popped in my mind while you were talking was like, if you prepare a meal for Ooh. someone or or people, and you gather, and there's mm-hmm. this time around the meal that, yeah. that's a window into something deeper this this fellowship this community it's an opportunity for beauty and I, I I just think that there's so many ways even for people who would would say oh I'm not creative I don't I don't I don't really have any artistic skills for them to create beauty um, you know a bonfire right like how many how many conversations have you experienced sitting around a fire at someone's yeah. backyard, right? Did it take any particular... I mean, there is a skill, obviously, to getting a good fire going. Yeah. But it's not like out of anyone's range to get some wood yeah. and some matches and get this thing going. And they might not... Fire in and of itself might not be beautiful, but they're creating the opportunity mm-hmm. for a beautiful moment. Yeah. And so I, I really think that that is something that as people we should talk about more mm-hmm. and encourage more is creating doesn't have to fall into the categories um, that we typically give it. Painting, writing, speaking, music, what, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It can be anything that's, that's, that's providing an opportunity for something beautiful to happen. Yeah. Right? Even acts of service, if we're looking at this paradigm even an act of service could be the opportunity to create a beautiful moment right and and so when we kind of step back and we just think wow i I can experience creativity and i can invite people i can experience beauty and invite people into this beauty by creating these moments that's all i'm doing is just making a moment here a moment there i you know i cook a meal that's a moment where we can can experience beauty Start a fire in my backyard. That's a moment where we can experience beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, to me, from my perspective, that is that's something I I I wish someone wrote a book about. <laughs> Maybe they have. If they, if someone has written a book about that, and you know about it, please let me know. I would yeah. be interested in reading that. Just this, of like 
every, like, I don't know, it should, here's what it should be called. If I was going to write a book about this, I'd call it The Everyday Artist. Yeah. You know, Ooh. Right? Ooh, book title <laughs> authors, listen up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, giving you some, I'm giving you gold here. The Everyday Artist, and like the subtitle would be something like uh, Creating Opportunities for Beauty. Yeah. It, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so, but it's just that idea of we can be everyday artists just by creating these little moments for people to experience beauty, for people to, to get a glimpse into something deeper, into yeah. something more real, something more true. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah. That, that idea excites me because that's what, I think that's what we, we want to do in so yeah. many ways, but we, you know, we get on the, the, the treadmill of life and we just get caught in the motions and we'll talk more about that in our next episode of kind of like finding beauty in the everyday uh-huh. but i think that's a really important thing for us to grasp is that you don't have to be a picasso yeah or a mozart you don't have to be the greatest at something to right to communicate to something. communicate something and for people to experience beauty from it you just have to go out there and just start creating opportunities, yeah. wherever you are, with whatever skill set you have. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's something important to to understand is that um, sometimes we forget our own value in other people's lives. Like, I think we we recognize the people that have interacted with our lives, but we forget that we're doing that too for other people. Yeah, um, the exactly. imp- the importance of our contribution, and again, this is we're probably straying leaking in the next <laughs> week, I guess, a little bit, but. Uh, um, yeah, no, that's, that's really, that's something good to think about. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a challenge for all of us is to approach, um, our days as an opportunity to create beauty. The everyday artist. Yeah. Oh my God. Bam. <laughs> Dang. We're writing a book out of this. Yeah, we should copyright that. Man, we need to jump on that. We're just gonna, we're just gonna put like, redacted over, <laughs> go back and edit this. <laughs> You can't know what the book title is. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to uh, find out what the book title was in Phil and Clayton's podcast. <laughs> That's what we do. We just have yeah. great ideas yeah. and like don't tell you what they were and make you pay us to find out. We don't have a Patreon. Maybe we should. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Start making uh, some money off of this thing. <laughs> oh, Great ideas don't come free, kids. <laughs> Uh, I, think, I think we just had a beautiful moment, Phil. I think we did. I think we did. We had one of those moments. Um, and I, but I, I even think that was sort of maybe at the heart of this podcast was for you and I to have a, a moment, to have a conversation yeah. that hopefully invited other people into a, a bigger, broader conversation. Yeah. That's what we're doing right what now. Life could be, yeah. We're, Here we are. Here we are, being everyday artists. That's right, kids. Push and, and play and older adults and who are <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> Canadians. Canadians. I'm not trying to give the Canadians, hey, Canadians a hard time. Oh, what is that stuff that Canadians eat? Is it poutine? Poutine. Poutine, yeah. Canadian bacon. What is poutine? Dude, don't ask me. Okay. I really don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the fakest Canadian you could get. <laughs> Eight months and I was out of there. My parents said we're crossing the border. Mm-hmm. Going to Kentucky. <laughs> it's a long way from Canada. Land of the free. So, this is kind of shift gears a little bit. <laughs> Let's talk about how how do you practice the consumption mm. of beauty I like in your life? This one. Yeah, how do you consume it? Because I, I just kind of set you up for this real quick. 
it's really easy to go through life, like we talked about at the beginning, and just sort of, I, I had this beautiful moment whenever, and then I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to keep moving. And I, I think... Um, I think we need to really be, we need to practice the consumption of beauty. So how do you practice consuming beauty? Mm. Okay. So there's a couple things I think we probably share a lot of these in common. Um, the first one I really want to talk about and I really like to talk about, um, and if you follow me on Instagram and watch my stories, you probably know I like to talk about, is just music. I like listening to music, I like singing along, like I said, uh, in my car, in my room, um, I think music is just something that brings me a lot of joy. Um, it's I think it's really cool because it's like I'm experiencing this artist, um, whatever their their creative truth is, and they've decided to make something then release it to people. Um, and that's what I think makes music great is, um, and I think that's what separates a lot of people like have like genres of music they don't like and think are bad. Um, there's genres of music I don't like to listen to, but I think bad music is is music that's that doesn't come from a true place. Like if it's not truthful to that person, that artist. I think if it's corporately driven for money, then like you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like it's, most pop music. Yeah, like most yeah. most pop music out there is kind of like it's it's formulaic. Not to say you can't get joy from it. Not to say it's not good because, in a sense, like I mean, it, it's a formula. It's proven to be good. Um, but I, I I think there's a like, and there's like different you know kinds of satisfaction like a music can give you. Like there's um, you know, if I'm listening to Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus, you know, you put your hands out to sing the song, you know, you, you know, like that's like a, you know, it's a, it's a catchy it's a, toe it's a, it's a nice spring day and you're screaming it out and having a good time. And then there's like, there's like music that just, uh, it's just like, cause I, and like, I think that's when like you get like the traditional definition of beauty. It's just like, you know, just. You know, what I'm saying, it just like pulls your soul out, and you're like, I'm gonna cry because that was so beautiful. The string section and the brass, or whatever mm-hmm. you're listening to, just like the. And usually, I think like sad music almost gets like that, um, just beautiful sad music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but I don't know. I think that just like getting on Spotify, finding new people, songs I can sing along to, like that's just a really simple way for mm-hmm. me to. Um, just enjoy someone else's creation. Yeah, I, I think I think you hit on something like <clears throat> when uh, y- you know there's. I, I think in any genre of music, there's someone did something that worked, and so other people do that same thing. Mm. And it's not. I don't want to say that they're not artists or whatever, but it's not this. For the original person, it was this deep level of truth. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it's hit deep in their soul. And so it's coming out of this place. Of, of It's a part of them. And for someone else, it's still maybe a part of them. Yeah. But it's it's also part of the other person. Yeah. And it's not them. Which I think is still yeah. okay. I, I, yeah. mean, I think... Everybody's influenced by everybody. You can be inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's influenced yeah. by everybody. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, it, it's like... Um, if it's not genuine. Gosh. Do, do, people, do people still make copies on copiers? Right, but like a like copy. Music copy. I'm, I mean, like, like like a photocopy, right? Yeah. Do you yeah. ever do that thing where like you make a copy and you hold them up and they look almost the same, uh-huh. but then you copy the copy again and it starts to change a little bit, and you copy the copy yeah. again and it starts to change a little bit. I think that's what happens with music, mm-hmm. and, and so in my head I'm thinking like you know, 
um, let's just go back to like worship music. Yeah. There's a lot of worship music out there with songs that are really good and, and lyrics that are, are truth, mm-hmm. but they're based on what somebody else did. Like somebody else did a song like this and it worked and it spoke to people. So we're just going to keep making these songs like this that speak to people. Yeah. And we get so far down the line that it it's a great song to sing corporately, but it doesn't have that same... It does, it's not coming from the depths of someone's soul. Like, yeah. um, you know, one of my favorite artists, he's he's dead now, actually. Died a long time ago. It was Rich Mullins. Yeah, okay. Don't know that name. If you don't know who Rich Mullins is, look up, like, look Rich Mullins' up. greatest hits and then listen through those songs. And some of them are, obviously, some of them are better than others. But what you'll hear in these songs is this guy who... It was like he was having a conversation with God, and he invited us into it. And then that sort of, you can connect with that. And, like, uh-huh. you experience. Sometimes I, I think I've had some of the deepest moments of being like, wow, that was just a, that was a moment right there. Just singing his songs with him because he was being honest with God. Yeah. And his honesty with God opened the door for me to be honest yeah. with God. And, I, and so I think that that's one of the beauties of consuming. It's one of the beauties of consuming beauty is that ability to someone else is being mm. vulnerable or yeah. open or honest or whatever. And you can kind of just ride experience that. Experience their emotions. Yeah, you can sort of slingshot off of their emotions yeah. into your own depth. They did the hard work. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wrote the song and got it and got it published and, yeah. and recorded. And now I'm just going to be like, all right, here we go. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's why there's a motivation for a lot of artists. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I've, I've got this one artist. He's not he's not a Christian artist, but um, he, it, he goes by the name of Eden, um, and he makes I don't know like it's like alternative electronic rock ish music. I don't know mm-hmm. if you want if you want to know, listen to it for yourself. Um, but he a lot of his lyrics, like a lot of people are just like he always sings about breakups. Mm-hmm. Which I think, if you kind of like look at the surface of the lyrics, like that might be what it seems like, because that's what a lot of pop music is about—is relationships and breakups. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like he says, is like you know, my, my my music isn't about breakups. It's about like, and he doesn't even say like he wants to give it a, like a certain definition. He's like, that came from my experience with life. That was how I was feeling. This is how it came out. This is how I just like ex- experienced was life. I wanted a, a creative outlet. Made some music. And now this is what I have. And so it's almost like in that sense, it was like he he produced something because it was what was speaking to him at the time. And then we as a listener get to choose how we get to interpret that, which I think is the cool thing about art is that it means something to everyone. Um, which is another interesting thing about art is do we... What, what if an artist has a very specific intention for the interpretation of his or her work? Mm-hmm. And then what if, what if the audience takes it something else? Is that not true to what the artist had? Or is every person's interpretation of the work its own yeah. value? You know? yeah. So, and not to say, like, I haven't answered that question because I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that, that's something I think about a lot. I think the French have been trying to figure that out for a long time. The French? The French, yeah. That's like, a, that's a, what is that, like postmodern French... Literary theory. Oh, yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot about that class. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> How many interpretations of a work are valid? But yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, like for, for me, someone who reads a lot, I even find beauty in the, the, the way a sentence, like a, a really mm. well-crafted sentence, 
yeah. is just this kind of like it's like oh that was that was really good that was that was clever that was intelligent that was beautiful mm -hmm. it was it's sort of this moment and like you kind of get a window into the way the the author writes yeah yeah and so I don't want to cut it short but I'm looking at the time and it looks like it's about time for us to roll on to our next venture we have other obligations <laughs> um, but yeah so yeah. that that was I think me and Phil we had a good time with this one today um, just talking about artistry, creativity, and beauty, and how we can experience that, um, and how it's important. And I think if I, if I were to leave um, you, our listeners, uh, with, with anything from this talk, it would be just to encourage you to, to look for those opportunities. I think if you think yeah. you're not a creative person, you can be. I think yeah. it just takes, just, you know, like start looking for those opportunities to, to create and to develop um, and then, like we said before, beauty can be, become out of moments, out of experiences. So maybe you're a person who is really good at planning or good at conversation. Like, I mean, just use those skills and those, those abilities to just create moments of beauty. Um, I think that's if, if, if we were all consciously walking around every day, like looking for those moments to create with other people, like we'd find them. I think we would. I mean, life sucks sometimes, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it can still be beautiful. <laughs> That's why I need to get a shirt that says life sucks, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. No, I think this is a good conversation, Clayton. I'm glad we had it. Yeah. And I'm glad you guys tuned in and listened to it. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, guys. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Catch you next time. Bye-bye now. That's right. Get into my phone. All right. Bye, bye for real this time. <laughs> Hey guys, Phil here again. I just want to say thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you like it, if it's helpful for you at all, please rate it, like it, um, share it with your friends and your family. Let, let people know about it. That's, uh, it's encouraging to us. Also, we'd love to hear your feedback, so get in contact with us. Get in contact with us. Just do it! And let us know what you think. Thanks again so much for listening. Do it!